You are listening to the Happier at Work podcast, and I'm your host, Aoife O'Brien. This is the podcast for HR and business leaders. We talk about things like leadership, well-being at work, diversity and inclusion, and the future of work. Today's guest on the podcast is Aoife Mullen, and Aoife brings with her a wealth of knowledge all about positive psychology. So it's about creating a thriving work environment to be your best. We cover lots and lots of different topics. I'll touch on those in a minute. But Aoife also shares her research into um, fitting in at work, essentially. So she did some qualitative research. I did some quantitative research. And as it turns out, we were talking about very similar things. So I thought it'd be so interesting to get her on the podcast to share her research about that. This is particularly pertinent in light of what we're experiencing at the moment with remote working. So she shares some really valuable insights around that. We talk about trust, autonomy, need satisfaction, job satisfaction, and of course, the all important area of fitting in at work. I hope you enjoy today's episode. Welcome, Aoife, to the Happier at Work podcast. I'm delighted to have you on as a guest today. Would you like to introduce yourself to listeners? Yes, thanks, Aoife. Another Aoife. Um, it's great to join you today. So I'm Aoife, Aoife Mullen. Um, I run AMA Results and work with middle senior managers and organizations, helping them to, um, I would say it's about their success and satisfaction at work so that's uh in terms of their leadership skills and leading their team it's really them as a leader um, and how they help their team to give them their best but also themselves and how they get their best out of their career but looking at it um in terms of their career and their life as well and really bringing those two things together brilliant i love that approach that it's it's you know because that's what it's all about really isn't it that it's the individual as well as the performance for the organization Yes, exactly. And it's looking at it from those two angles. And sometimes when people haven't thought about it from that perspective, they're like, oh, because some people go too much from their own perspective of, oh, I want this. Yeah. And other people are like, oh, no, the organization needs this. And yeah. it's like, well, actually, how about if we look at it from both perspectives? And then if we had people who, you know, were in the right role that they were really enjoying and it was what the organization needed, it's just such a better fit. Um, and it really is something that you know, the, the individual is getting something from it, but the organization is, are getting the best from the individual as well. Brilliant. That's kind of, ideally, that's where we all love to be. Not exactly. always happen, but that's where we all love to be. That's it. And I'm glad you brought up the concept of fit. That's what we're here today to talk about. And that's how we connected originally. So I think we met in passing at a, a conference we were both speaking at. And then a mutual friend introduced us to each other because she knew that we were both looking into this concept of fit as part of our dissertation research. So I would love to understand a little bit more about the background as to what you wanted to look into and the steps that you took and, you know, a little bit more about about what brought you on that journey. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, like you said, meeting in person when all of that was possible. Yeah. But then I think we could have loads of interesting conversations around this. And it came up, so I finished my, I just completed a part-time master's in positive psychology and coaching psychology with the University of East London. So about October 2019, I finalized my dissertation topic, and that was on uh, job satisfaction in a virtual work environment. Now, the research took place in Q1 2020, so it was, you know, the 
first semester in 2020, January to May, end up in January to July, kind of because of COVID. Uh, so when I was doing my research, it was during a time when the pandemic hit, everyone started to work remotely. So a lot of people assumed like, oh, you're doing this research because of the pandemic, rather than actually this was a topic that I had chosen a while ago. Um, probably there's probably a few different reasons why I chose the topic. So from a positive psychology perspective, we look at with individuals, we look at kind of, you know, how can, how can we as individuals give our best or how can we learn to thrive? Um, and my interest in people learning to thrive is about their career. So, you know, how can you really thrive in your career? But thriving in your career, it's about that you feeling like you're getting the satisfaction from it, as well as whatever success means to you as well. Um, and that's from that kind of, I would say, from a whole person perspective. So I was interested in looking at job satisfaction, but specifically in a virtual work environment, because what I have seen over the, I don't know, I don't have the exact data of when I've kind of been noticing trends myself of people that I, when I'm doing career coaching with people, one thing that has been coming up over the years is I'd like a bit more flexibility at work. Or it would be great if my organization let me, sometimes it's in relation to the working hours, you know, I'd love to start early and finish early, but my organization, you know, the start time is 9.30 or 9. Or I'd love to work from home. Um, and some organizations, that was never that was never an option. So, you know, this time last year, some people had said to their boss, can I work from home a day or two from week? Their boss would have went, oh, no, that won't work for us. And then in, in Europe or in Ireland, March hit, and it was a tomorrow, you're going to work from yeah. home. Our whole team are going to work from home. Our whole organization are going to work from home. It was forced upon us. And there has been some people who have been going, oh, my God, this is great. I've wanted this. And there are some people who are going, oh, no, this has been forced upon me. And there's some people who are going, yeah, I'd like a bit of this, but not the whole week at home and not the whole time at home. You know, I'd like a, a mix. So I think I, for me, I'm really interested to see what happens in the future of this as well. So, you know, I don't think we'll ever go back to normal. But if, if you know, when we come out the other side of COVID, what is it going to look like for organizations and working from home and working virtually? Because you can't necessarily, depending on your organization and the um, industry that you're in, you can't necessarily say, oh, that doesn't work for us because for some industries they've proved, you know, it does work for us, you know, but for some bosses, I know some teams who are still, as soon as they could get back into the office, their boss was going, okay, great. Now let's get back into the office, you know, yeah. at a distance. So it's not a case that all organizations are have been able to adapt well, or all leaders have been able to adapt well to working virtually. Yeah. Um, but my research happened. So while I picked the topic well before COVID, I was doing the research during COVID. Um, however, my research was with an organization that are set up in a virtual work environment. So they are right. a remote um, global organization. Yeah. So the fact that I was doing it during COVID, um, for them, they were already working remotely. And that's why, yeah. you know, that was why I partnered with them to do the research because I was yeah. really looking at what was it what was it about, you know, being curious about the job satisfaction in their environment, which is a virtual work environment? Yeah, there's there's um, a few things that you mentioned that I would love to to drill into in a little bit more detail and get your perspective on. Uh, you mentioned that some people, they don't want to work from home at all. Other people love it and they want to work from home full time. And other people are like, yeah, OK, I could get used to this, but actually I would much prefer a mix are you noticing any trends in maybe it's in personality type, like is it introverts versus extroverts or company type or any any sort of anything that ties those people together? Well, some of 
in the research that I did, so this was, you know, that company, the, the company that I worked with, they, they work remotely. So when people were going for jobs there, they knew they were going to be working in a remote environment. That was yeah. the setup. And that um, kind of personality came up. So it was qualitative research that I did. So it was interviews with people. So I was getting people's opinions on things. Um, and that the personality came up. So there was some, you know, some people would generalize and say, oh, well, if you have extroverts, then you probably want the social side of being in the office. Or if you're more introverted, you're more suited to working from home. Um, I don't know what the exact research says about that now, but at the time when I did my research and looking at the people that I was talking to, some of them were extrovert, extroverts who would say themselves, I had to adapt, but you know what? It suited me, but they had specific reasons. You know, they loved the job, they loved the company. Some of them were specific situations, you know, they changed from a two hour commute to now working from home. So having that two hours was what they needed because they were at a point in time in their life where this work suited them. So kind of having that choice and that's where this fit, come in, fit comes in. So this was one of the outputs of the research. So it wasn't necessarily something that I, you know, when we were starting the conversation, you were like, oh, it comes up in the research. It wasn't an input to the research, but it was okay. one of the outputs of job satisfaction in the virtual work environment was this person organization fit. So what's the fit between the person and the organization? So what is it the person is looking for? And what is it the organization can give them? Mm. And so for some of the personalities, those extroverts find something that the organization could give them at a point in time in their life. So that was something that kept on coming up. And even those words, point in time in life, that came up from a few different participants of, I'm at a point in time in my life where the two-hour commute didn't work anymore. I'm at a point in time in my life where working from home suits myself and my partner. Um, so that was something that really came up um, so yeah, I know personally in my own network and some of the clients I work with at the moment, there are some extroverts who have really struggled right from the start because they're like, I just really miss that chit chat with people. And it just doesn't feel the same over a video call. And it's not as spontaneous. Um, in the company that I worked with, they had a whole kind of communication system set up, you know, so there was people who had never met each other. Um, who had this really deep connection. That's what they described it as, you know, we had a deep, but they've never met in person, but they could build that deep connection over chat and text and video calls and phone. Um, so for them, they could still, that it can be done then. Yes, yeah, yeah. Depending on, you know, your preference, it does, and again, this is what some of the participants would have said, sometimes it takes an effort. And yeah. sometimes for some of them who were um, a short amount of time in the company, they would have said it would have taken a bit longer. You know, so it, it takes longer to build that connection, but you can still build deep connections yeah. with people. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. Um, you mentioned something earlier as well about managers. And, you know, as soon as people could potentially go back into an mm -hmm. office, managers were kind of like, quick, smart, let's get back into the office. Let's keep our distance, but let's be in the office. Again, I'd love to know any particular trends or results from that, like, and yeah. any, maybe it's any personal thoughts or observations on the kind of managers who want to do that. Um, I could probably talk about this for days. Yeah. <laughs> this is, so in, when I was looking at the research, one of the things that came up was trust. So in order to be able to work effectively, um, there had to be a culture of trust, an environment of trust, um, the managers had to trust their teams to get things done, not always be checking in on them, not always micromanaging them. So really building it up and placing the responsibility on the teams as well of, I'm trusting you to do this. 
So do it and, you know, come back to me if you need support and use your team for support and, you know, have the setup there for that support is there. So that trust, again, in my research was a big thing that came uh, through. And then if you, from the work that I do with other clients and, you know, working with teams who had to do that big shift of working remotely, that was one of the things. And it came up in two different ways. One was for people who are working from home, some people feel like, I feel like I'm doing a little bit more to prove that I'm working because mm. you can't see me. So you can't, you know, so that's more from the team's perspective. You can't see me when I'm not in the office. So I might feel I need to work a little bit more to show you that I am working so that you can trust me. For managers, again, they can't see. And I remember at the start, I was working with, you know, this is back kind of April timeframe working with a team where there were some managers, some of the leaders I was working with were asking, you know, how do I know if my team are working? How do I know that they are, you know, that they're okay? How do I know if they're struggling or not? And that's where the conversations and the communications come in around expectations and feedback and checking in with people, but having it set up so that it's not always you checking, it's that your team are coming to you as well. And I think a lot of managers, if you're a manager out there and you feel you have to be in the office and you have to see people. I would, sometimes what I say with my clients is turn the spotlight inwards, look at yourself and think, what is it that I need that I feel I need to see my team? Yeah. You know, what is it in me that makes me think, oh, I can't trust them if they're not, if I can't see them. Yeah. Um, because I think that is a real, it comes back to as a leader, what am I, what can I do differently to trust them so that, and sometimes it's that they're delivering me outcomes and it's not just the presenteeism of, yeah. oh, I see someone's online or, yeah. you know, I see people are in the office. So yeah. if I see them, well, then they must be working. Yeah. It's not effective. It's not I the can, most efficient way. I can totally relate to everything you've said. So, you know, from a, I used to have the opportunity to work from home on occasion when I worked in corporate. And you do always feel like you need to do that little bit extra. You need to be seen to, you know, we had um, Microsoft uh, for a chat and things like that. You wanted to yes. always make sure you were on green. You weren't in amber, yeah. and, you know, just to make, to show people that you were always online and available and all that kind of thing. Um, and similarly, back in April or May time, I think it was, um, a client had a, a kind of a query for me around, but what if they're just at home watching Netflix? Like, how do I know mm. that they're not just... And it is this aspect of trust and it is exactly, you know, you hit the nail on the head there. It's about measuring outcomes and it's having yes. that, that trust. But, you know, being able to, to build that trust within the team, but giving your team that sense of trust from you as well. And as you mentioned about this idea of building a culture of trust, I, I just made a note around autonomy. Mm. maybe that's something that we can link in to that as well that came up in my research and we'll talk a little bit more about that probably later um but it's giving the team that sense of autonomy like they provide enough guidance as to what the and exactly what you said what are the expectations setting those expectations yes giving feedback on good performance giving feedback on below expected performance as well and and then just setting people free to to do things how yes. they should you know exactly. how they how they work best they will know how they work best yeah and if they don't know how they work best maybe then they need some support with that exactly and I think that's the thing of it doesn't always have to be 
my way of doing things and you can have standard processes in place and you can have you know like the company way of doing things and make sure people understand that and you know if there's any risks or different things people do need to understand that all of those things but also do let them figure out their way of doing it because that's where innovation comes in as well if you have someone newer in the team or someone who has just different skills they might come up with an even better way of doing things yeah so yeah how do I know if someone's at home watching Netflix it's well what are the outcomes they're expected to deliver when are they expected to deliver them by yeah if you have someone who's on a project that you think you know the end goal is two months away well obviously you're going to check in with them along the way you're not going to wait that whole two months and then go oh god they haven't been doing anything for the last two months that's not what you're doing when yeah. we say let them you know go and do things in their own way there still needs to be check-ins every so often but have a structure around that so that yeah. people understand you know every week every month whatever it is I want an update on x y and z when you have that clarity of this is what's expected of me then people should just be able to do it, but also know the support that's needed exactly. from you as a leader as well. And that's why I like working with leaders because a lot of times people are promoted because they're good at their job or, you know, they have years of service or whatever it is and they get promoted and then it's like they have these this team to manage and they don't necessarily think about it. It's a mindset shift of mm-hmm. now it's not just me doing all the work. Actually, I have to get the best from my team. And part of that is putting my team first before my own work to make sure they are set up well to do their work well. And then I can get my bits of work done as well and getting that balance right. And that's that's a skill people can learn. And if we don't help our leaders with that, and of course I'm going to say this because I work with organisations on it, but you know, if people don't have that skills, they are going to struggle. And we do notice that more in the remote environment. Yes, it does potentially take an extra effort. And I had a client recently who one of her team they are kind of having a how is he doing is he is he doing his job because his team and some clients are kind of going I have to follow up with them to like you know ask the question a second time and he's not been visible enough online yeah and it was having that conversation around I'm kind of we're losing the trust your team are losing the trust in you customers or clients are losing the trust in you and I as your boss am losing trust in you because actually we're not seeing the outcomes in the time frame that's expected um and yeah it's a conversation that was needed and some of the behavior has changed but it's a work in progress as well yeah so that's kind of how you can you look at the outcomes and then you have conversations ask yourself though have you set the expectation and are you trusting your team and are you setting them up so that they can actually do the work in the right way yeah Yeah. and then watch netflix if they the (laughs) other thing actually sorry but watch netflix if they want if they have everything done um working from home at the moment in 2020 this isn't normal working from home. Yeah. We're, working, we're forced work from home during a global pandemic where people have completely different circumstances. You know, the, their home circumstances might have changed. People aren't all choosing to work from home. They might not have the setup to work from home. They might have other stressors in their life that they didn't have before COVID. So it's it's not normal. And kind of this has been going on, what are we now? Seven, eight, nine months? I don't know. Lost count. But, you know, it's still, this still is a normal. So sometimes I've had some managers who are saying, some of my team are really struggling. We need to help them with that because this isn't a normal environment. And people talk about the new normal. It's our current environment, but it's it's not normal. And it's quite tough for a lot of people. So we yeah. do need to remember that as a leader as well. Yeah. No, it's definitely not normal. And Kind of going back to your, you know, this whole idea of checking in with people. I I had a client recently and 
she was talking about like she's like I really need to motivate my team I don't know what's going on because you know I phone them up and I check in on them and I and then they're not they're telling me that they're doing the work and they're just not producing the goods and so I flipped it around and I said well what motivates you and she was like oh well if someone provides me with enough guidance and sets the expectations and then I they leave me to it and I just get on with my work and I think the penny dropped to them. She was like, oh, that's not really what I've been, like. She's basically been chasing and chasing and chasing yeah. them. How are you doing? How are you doing? How are you doing? Do you need help? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes we need, well, I mean, even to take it a step further, sometimes we need to let people fail and realize the consequences of their of their failures to to kind of, you know, quote unquote failures um, or mistakes and, and to learn from those because sometimes yes. they're the most valuable learning experiences. Yeah, definitely. And I think that motivation factor is a good point at the moment as well, because, you know, like we said, we were, what, eight months in and this isn't normal and people haven't chosen to do this. Not everyone has chosen it. So some people are, everyone's struggling in different ways and talking to your team about that and also not feeling like you have to come up with all the solutions. I've had teams where they get together and go, okay, what can we do as a team? Yeah. And they've done different things like virtual coffees and you know, all the Zoom quizzes and everything were the, all the rage for, for a yeah. time. Yeah. But it's kind of just figuring out as a team. Yeah, the other day, so I, I was presenting at a webinar and within that, one of the questions that we were asked, so it was a panel, um, myself and another lady on a panel, and we were asked, you know, we're having, we're, we're a bit Zoomed out, to be honest, you know, we're, yeah. everything goes through Zoom and we're doing these um we're doing all these meetings and you know I'm trying to come up with this solution what can we do you know what can we actually do for the organization and I sort of turned it around and I said um have you thought to ask people what they want you know yeah and oftentimes we're so busy trying to solve other people's problems that we forget to actually ask them well what is it that you actually what is yes. it that you need? What do you want? And let's work as a team together to try and come to a solution. If we're too, you know, if we're doing too many Zooms, why don't we mix it up and do something a little bit different? Or could yeah. we meet could we meet in person but socially distanced? All of that kind of yeah. stuff. Um, but I just thought, you know, sometimes the answer is right in front of us, but we just we're so busy trying to solve the problems yeah. that we forget to, to actually or, ask. Uh, like I've been doing it sometimes lately. I've just said, Do you want a phone call rather than a video call? And they're like, oh, yeah. So I had that this morning. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> because we've yeah. now gotten into the habit of doing video calls. Then everyone's on video call, camera on. And I know when I do yeah. my trainings and stuff, I'm like, yeah, camera yeah. on because we want it to be interactive. But there's potentially some meetings at work that don't necessarily, first of all, they might be, you know, you could do a quick chat and you go, okay, we don't need to meet about it. Or a phone call. And I've done some phone calls where I've said, okay, let's both get out and walk while we talk. Yeah. So you're actually getting some fresh air while you're talking but you you know you've told each other that because there might be some background noise and or wind and stuff um yeah. but it yeah it doesn't necessarily always have to be a video call now and also you know scheduling in let's have an hour it could be 20 minutes could be yeah. 45 minutes I have 50 minute meetings with my clients and I say you know we have 10 minutes there to juggle with but if yeah. we're finished we're finished yeah and you have That's 10 really minutes nice. before you're yeah just I had one client who she realized that um, she wasn't getting to the bathroom. So she was getting kind of agitated and just like, I haven't been able to drink water or get to the bathroom because she had back-to-back meetings. Yeah. Like, just see if you can cut them down shorter. Because yeah. like you said, everyone's getting, wouldn't even say Zoom fatigue, video fatigue from all the yeah. different video meetings. Yeah. It's not the same. We need to be, you're more concentrated on a video meeting than you are in person. 
at yeah. the end, you're not necessarily getting that energy from other people. So it is different. Yeah, it takes a, I think it takes a lot, a lot out mm. of you. Yeah. Um, but the, I suppose the other thing I'd love to, to come back to as well, Aoife, is this concept of fit. So I'd love to know yes. how it came how, mm. how it came out in your research and, and what it means and what kind of words did people use to describe it? Yeah, so this was, um, again, the research was on job satisfaction in the virtual work environment. And it was looking at kind of what came in, what were important factors for people's job satisfaction. And it was around, there's a lot of research on job satisfaction and a lot of it says, you know, it's about the job, it's about the working conditions, it's about the specific characteristics of the job. And that that all came through the research as well. And people talked all about that. But also it was, and some of it was like we talked about earlier, kind of people deciding um, at a point in time in my life where they were looking for, and because this was a specific virtual company, for some of them that was different. So for some of them, it was, you know, I couldn't do this job because it was a global company. So the work was really, really interesting. I couldn't get this work in the little village that I live in, in my corner of the world, because within a commutable area of where I'm living, I couldn't do this work. So it, that was the fit for them, was about this organisation offers me something which I really want in my work and that I'm getting for them in a virtual environment that they would never have had the opportunity. And again, it was they wouldn't have had that opportunity because they didn't want to move from some of them lived in, you know, remote little villages in different parts of the world. Um, and they wouldn't have had that opportunity because they didn't want to up sticks to a city where they would have had to work in a big company to get that fit for themselves. So it was around what were their needs. And again, point in time in life kept on coming up at a specific point in time that this organization really provided for them. And that was that fit for them. So it was about the work itself. It was about the culture and kind of what they would be doing within the work, as well as actually, you know, for some, it was the opportunities that the work gave them. So they had career progression, the autonomy that we talked about, they had autonomy within what they do. They found the work interesting. They found the work challenging, which was important to them. So all the stuff that they found important, this organization could give it to them. The culture kept on coming up as well. So again, a part of that fit, they felt like the organization, the culture within the organization offered them what they needed. Um, so that, you know, they were really, and some of them had, you know, their tenure was over 10 years, 15 years. So once they kind of joined the company, they'd stay there. Um, and I remember one observation was that people found out quite quickly if they were a fit for the organization, because again, for a lot of these, you're working remotely, you're working from home. So if you didn't like it, people left quite quickly. So you'd have the people who might join and then go, oh God, this isn't the right fit for me and they're gone. But a lot of the people at the company were there quite a while and they had you know, different career opportunities because it really, it gave them what they needed. And again, they, they were looking at it not just from a work perspective, so not just the job itself, but actually what they what it gave them outside of work as well. Yeah. Okay. So that kind of freedom, yes, uh, a bit more flexibility maybe as well. Yes. And yes. a couple of things I'd love to to know more about within yeah. that. Use the word "it gives me what I need," or it's kind mm. of this idea of need satisfaction mm. several times when yes. you were talking about that. 
and maybe in a point of, a point in time. But I'd love to know, like, did they mention specifically what those needs were? Because that ties in very nicely with the research that I did into fit. And I'm happy to share that kind of, you know, I'd just love to hear more about what, yeah. what came up for you. So some of that need, and you just mentioned the flexibility, mm. and their use of the word flexibility was different for different people. So some of that flexibility meant flexibility of location. So where they could work, they could move, you know, depending on family circumstances or different things, they might be working from different places. Some of that flexibility was the hours of the day that they worked. Some of that flexibility was how they worked. So they'd structure their day that, you know, in the morning they might focus on one thing, but their afternoons might be calls. For some of them, it was they'd structure their day because they worked on different time zones. They'd end up working late in the evening, but they'd also start early in the morning and then they'd have a really long break in the middle of the day. But that was they'd do other stuff. It wouldn't be work stuff. So their work day was start in the morning, take a long break, work late in the evening. But that gave them a balance. And a lot of them talked about work-life balance, but their work-life balance wasn't, I finish work at five and then I have my evening. (laughs) Their work-life balance linked in more with the flexibility. But like I said, flexibility meant different things to different people. And it meant different things to different people. And also some of them realized, I feel like I have flexibility and yet I don't even use it. But just knowing that potentially, and down to the simplest examples of, I'm now working from home. So if I have a dental appointment, I used to have to take a half day off because I had a two hour commute and I'd have to drive, you know, back close to home to go to the dentist and then be home. So I would take a half day off. Now I pop out to the dentist, pop back and it's a longer lunch and I work a little bit later in the evening. And that works for me. So again, that's that flexibility which is used by different people in different ways, but they all called it flexibility. On, on the podcast, one of the episodes that was earlier in this year with Emiliana Simon-Thomas um, from the Happiness Institute over in Berkeley in California, she gave me this fantastic word about um, work-life harmony. Oh, yes. She didn't call it work-life balance. And I was saying, yeah, you know, I'm not sure about this balance thing. It's more of a blend. And she goes, oh, I'm glad you said that because, you know, here we call it harmony. And yes. it's when when it works in harmony, you're not trying to perform balancing acts. You're mm. trying to make sure everything works in harmony. Yes. As, you know, everything is pulling together to to enrich your entire life. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's probably exactly what these people were talking about in the research Um, I know when they were talking about it, one of the things that kept on coming up in my head was work-life integration is what people talk about more. It's like, how do I integrate both parts? You know, how do we integrate work with life? And it's not that one or other takes over, but it's that, like you said, harmony, I think is an even better word. They work in harmony with one another. Brilliant. That's so interesting. Like, so in terms of sharing some of the research that I did um, Mm. around, so fit, the, 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 type of fit that I looked at incorporated values, congruence, need satisfaction and demands abilities, it's called. So in terms of the need satisfaction within that, then the specific needs that I looked at in my research were autonomy, relatedness and competence. And this sense of autonomy, and there is specific research that looks at how flexibility, and I think they, you know, in in academic terms, they call it temporal flexibility and how that relates to our perception of fit within the workplace. So if you have a sense of autonomy around what it is that you do and how you do it, then it creates a much better sense of 
fit within an organization and it and it increases your job satisfaction yes yeah yeah and that's definitely I would say what I was hearing from participants within within the answers they were coming back with yeah yeah did did they happen to mention so that's kind of that that piece around flexibility ties in very nicely with autonomy did they happen to mention other things about which would be related to um so one area would be relatedness so how you get along with your work colleagues essentially and then the other piece is competence so how capable you feel at your job did those types of things come up in terms of need satisfaction as well the confidence didn't come up that much. So that was something like a lot of them felt like they could do their job, but it didn't come up in relation to the job satisfaction. Okay, the interesting. other way yeah. that they described it was the trust came up with the communication yeah. was what they talked about. And, and the, that um, building those bonds with other people, that was the kind of wording that they used. It was around building, um, so the relatedness in their words, would have been building closer bonds with people. And the fact that I think it did surprise a lot of them of, you know, you know, some of these people are my friends and we've never met in person. Yeah. You know, we, we talk about things. I remember one participant talked about how you see people as them as they're bringing their whole selves to work because they're mm-hmm. at home and you see them in their home environment. And some people might work from different places in their houses and they might have you know, the cat in the background, or you might have someone who you're on a call with and the postman always arrives when you're on a call with them because that's the time that their postman always arrives. Yeah. So you you get a kind of a, that that connection. And that's a word that came up a few times, the connection comes up mm. because that of people are in their home environment. You kind of, you see into their house. Yes. It's yeah. quite a personal thing, isn't it? And, that, exactly. and that's happened an awful lot since... The pandemic where you know I mean I've got a kind of a, a fake brick wall here behind me but for you know for a lot of the time I would have had you know been in an office or something like that yes. and you see you but you get to see into my life you get to see the books yeah. that are on my shelf and all of those kinds of things yeah. so it is and I think again for, for for the pandemic again a lot of people haven't chosen that you know they're not choosing to work from home they don't all and not everyone has a home office and everyone has the space and they don't want their workspace to be in their home space. And it is, it's been forced upon them. Yeah. So they potentially don't want people to be, you know, to see their home. Um, so it's, that. I think that can be different for people. That's why I'd be really, I'd say there's more research needed about kind of the work environment now and even the virtual work environment now, whereas the company I was working with, they were they all had all chosen that work. So they were all choosing to work in a virtual work environment. Yeah. Um, and they knew the setup that they required. And, you know, from the company's perspective, one of the things was, well, you, you need to be able to do the job. So whatever your environment is, it has to be something that is constructive, that you can do your job in that, whatever that is. You know, there was yeah. different people who said they work from different areas in the house depending on the type of work that they're doing. And there was other people who had a set, this is my office and I work from here all the time. So yeah. it was different for different people. But one of the things in terms of that setup, a lot of them or some of the participants did say, you know, I like the fact that I have had a choice over my own setup. You know, I'm not in an office that has been chosen for me that maybe, you know, I can decorate things around my desk. I have a choice over what's kind of, in my environment and that makes it more comfortable for me yeah 
Yeah, no, that makes sense. In terms of um, going back to the concept of fit, then did anything come up around the the sense of values? And and you know, for me, having needs satisfied. This is what came yes. out of my research: is having your needs satisfied makes you feel like you belong more in that organization and that your values are more aligned with theirs. Did did anyone speak about that and um, directly or indirectly? The values didn't come up directly. Mm. I think they the fit came. They felt like they fitted with the organization. The, the needs, they felt yeah. like the organization met their needs. That would have been the way it came up, but values didn't come out as a specific thing. And a lot of the people, and this is potentially one of the limitations of the research that I kind of highlighted in the research was people may have, so people self-selected to participate in the research yeah. And it potentially, the, the title is Job Satisfaction in the Virtual Work Environment. Potentially, those people were the people who were going, yeah, I'll talk about this because it's great working in a virtual work environment. And there were, I do remember, one or two of the participants been like, I love telling people how great it is to work in a virtual work environment. Yeah. So that was one of the limitations I called out about my research of potentially the participants who self-selected were yeah. ones who actually were, you know, linked job satisfaction with the work virtual work environment because that's what worked for them and that's yeah you know, what yeah they liked. interesting I don't know <laughs> yeah like they, they're self-selecting so they're yes. the ones who are really excited about it and yes. the ones who don't like it are not going to take part yeah. in the research potentially why would they give it the time yeah yeah um Aoife you had mentioned earlier as well about some people realized very quickly that they weren't the right fit in mm. in this organization Um, you know, and I suppose I'd love to come at this from a couple of different angles. Like I want to help organizations to stop those kind of things from happening to prevent them from hiring people who are not a good fit because, um, think of all the money that they invest in, in hiring. And then if someone leaves an organization, like in less than a year, then they've invested a lot of money and they're losing money Mm -hmm. in terms of training and salary and all of that stuff. Um, so I'd love to know, like, is there anything that we could do, in your opinion, to prevent that? But also, was there any common themes with people who who left early? And I'll, and I'll talk afterwards as well about some of the things that I found when I looked at yes. bit research. Yeah. So one of the participants did note that how they interview for roles, they potentially place a larger emphasis on the work environment, the virtual work environment, then, you know, he had come from a place where he worked in, a, in a, a, an office. So he kind of knew the difference. It was like in interviews in, you know, our remote company, we do place more an emphasis on that virtual working room because they realize it is a bigger aspect of work. You know, in working with this company, it's how are you? How do you feel about working from home and never meet, you know, working with colleagues that you're never going to meet? So that did come up from one participant in terms of the interview process and that they are careful about that. But also, again, back to the fit, knowing the type of person that they look for. And one of the things um, that a lot of the participants did note is that there's a great diversity of people across the organisation. It is a global organisation, but they, st- they get that diversity. But there is that cultural fit comes in. And part of that cultural fit is being okay with and being mindful of you're going to be working in a remote environment and what impact that will have on you. And also for this company, they really had structures and supports in place for when people started and onboarding 
and all of that. They were quite structured about all of that. So making sure, and I know there is research out there from um, teleworkers done quite a while ago, looking at when you have teleworkers, giving them the support of the setup and the technology and all those different things, that if you have that there in the structures, that can really help them to succeed in their roles. So that was something that came up in terms of the interviews um, that was important. In terms of the those that didn't, I didn't go into, the, the, my research didn't go into the detail of those who, who kind of left. It just came up as some comments from participants. Um, one of the comments was around age. You know, if you're a younger person just out of university and you're starting in a job where part of your social circle might be to meet people at work, well, this might be a little bit harder if you're in a remote environment. And that was an assumption made by a participant on, well, potentially some of the people that we hired were younger. And again, they weren't at a point in time in their life where this worked for them. Yeah, so they, they might have assumed or thought that that type of environment would work, but actually when it came to brunch, what they really needed from work was to make those, um, to make friendships and, and to have bonds with people who are in the same area. Yes, um, yeah. yeah, and recognising that and knowing that, you know, potentially that's something to be mindful of. In the interviews, how they were mindful of that, I was letting people know this is what it's like to work in a remote environment, which I would always say when I'm working with people on career coaching kind of through the interview process, find out more about what is it like to work in this company? What's their culture? Because that is a big part of that fit. Great. And that ties in with, with um, my research. I'll share a bit more in the summary at the end. Um, Aoife, the question I ask everyone who comes on the podcast, what makes you happier at work? Oh, great question. I think for me, um, it's probably the people that I work with. So, you know, in the work that I do, it's always the, whether it's career coaching or whether it's leadership coaching, you see the difference it makes to people and how they're either, a lot of times what it comes down to is they're actually less stressed because there's always, there's some problem, either a leadership problem or, you know, a career problem. You help them with that problem and they kind of go, ah, so that's what I really enjoy about my work. Um, on a day-to-day -day basis what makes me happier sometimes it can be a cup of tea or getting out for a walk and those little things which I think sometimes yeah. people forget about um, the enjoyment I really get from my work though is the people that I work with and seeing Brilliant. them get the outcomes and if people want to connect with you what's the best way that they can do that yeah so my website is amaresults.com um, I always talk to people that, a lot of the work that I do it's bespoke based on you know what people are looking for so if they email info at amaresults.com then we can hop on a call and talk about what what the need is and talk through how it can help brilliant thank you so much for your time today Eve. it was an absolute pleasure talking to you I could have talked to you about fit all day <laughs> we can probably have another three or four conversations absolutely <laughs> brilliant thank you Eva. <laughs> That was Aoife Mullen talking all things fitting in at work in a remote working environment. thought it was so interesting. And one of my favourite topics for sure is talking about all things fitting in at work or organisational fit. So I wanted to recap on some of the points that she made. Um, I like this idea that the, it's at a point in time. Um, that kind of came up a few times. So it's looking at a point in time and what works for you as an individual. Are your needs being satisfied by this situation or not? It does take a bit of an effort, 
We spoke about trust as well and building this culture of trust through autonomy. And that is one of the needs that that is uh, needed to be satisfied. And the concept of doing more to prove that you're actually working. So people kind of going above and beyond to show their managers that they're working more, but also empowering people to take on that level of responsibility and to come to managers with solutions rather than just problems. It's about setting really clear expectations and going back to the point on empowering the team. It's empowering them to be proactive. So the team are coming forward to you based on the expectations that you have set for them. I thought it was very interesting that in particular, this idea of autonomy came up as one of the needs for fitting in at work. And also that people found out quickly whether it was the right fit for them. But you can also ascertain in advance, you know, at the moment, the kind of popular way, I suppose, of hiring is through interview techniques. It's not always the best way to do things. But certainly you can really emphasize what the work environment is like at the moment when you're hiring people. The idea of relatedness then was brought about by trust and especially communication. So really building that into your day to day, communicating with colleagues in order to build those bonds that you have with them. I like this idea of being able to bring your whole selves to work. So it really ties in with my value of authenticity. So bringing your whole self to work, I think it's really, really important. And it helps to build a better sense of connection as well. One of the other interesting points as well is that the research that Aoife did was with a company where people chose to work remotely, but the situation for most people at the moment is that they didn't choose how, that they want to work like this. For some people, it's working really, really well. For others, they would like to work from home some of the time. But for a lot of people, they would prefer actually to be in the office and to have a dedicated office space. And it's a really difficult time at the moment for people who are working from home who don't want to be there. If you would like to understand more about the research that I did around FIT, feel free to reach out to me directly. It's something I so enjoy talking about. I speak about it at every opportunity I have. So on other people's podcasts, I will tend to talk a lot more about that. And I am planning to start shorter bite-sized podcasts with just me doing solo casting, speaking about topics that are really interesting and pertinent for the times that we're in. So things like creating a happier work environment, things like values alignment and need satisfaction. So the kinds of things that I enjoy speaking about, but are also really, really important for creating a happier remote working environment. As always, I would love to get your feedback on the episode. Any thoughts that you have in your own remote working situation, feel free to share. Get involved in the conversation on social media. You can find me on LinkedIn, Aoife O'Brien. That's A-O-I-F-E O'Brien. I'm also on Instagram, happieratwork.ie and Twitter, happieratworkhq. 
You can also subscribe now to this podcast on my website, my brand spanking new website, happieratwork.ie. If you go there and click on podcast, you will find a way to subscribe so that you never miss an episode of the podcast. I will be sending out emails weekly with the current episode, but also relating it back to to previous episodes which are related to that current episode and in the future I'm planning to share more insights around what it means to be happier at work sharing articles sharing blog posts and really sharing insights about creating happier work environments thank you for listening to this episode of the happier at work podcast I'm delighted to have you here if you enjoyed this podcast I'd love if you could rate or review the podcast or share it with a friend you'll find me on the website happieratwork.ie 